I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to Achtung Mowo, broadcasting from the beautiful South Bermondsey. Set no substitute. Huge welcome to episode five of our Achtung Mill history series. I'm joined once again by Daily Express, Rugby Paper and Mill historian Neil Fissler. Welcome back to the show, Neil. Hi, Nick. And we are covering the, the many-fold pers- colourful personalities and huge figures in, in our club's history, many of whom are not as well known in Neil and my opinion as they possibly should be. And we've got two Fairly big names here, I'd say, Neil. Big in, big in um, personality and big in stature. We've got John William, known as Tiny Joyce. Tiny uh, Joyce. Tiny Joyce, um, who was a goalkeeper of some repute in our Isle of Dogs days. And secondly, a, a very unusual name. Um, this really is his first name, listeners. General Stevenson, as in Army, Army General Stevenson. That was his first name, General Stevenson. And he also played in the Isle of Dogs years before the First World War. But we're going to begin, I think, with the a big personality here, Neil. Um, Tiny Joyce, um, goalkeeper, um, known as Tiny because he was a big man by the standards of the day, wasn't he? He was, he was, he was a large, large character. Yeah, well, he had a bulky frame, which I think we've touched upon a number of times. Common in... theme. <laughs> but he was very agile. Bulky frame and very agile. Uh, yeah, but yeah. that means it was probably built like a tank and quite quick, I guess. Well, goalkeepers in that era could be charged, couldn't they? You could charge the goalkeeper on the goal line, and, and if you could barge them into the net with the ball, that was a goal. Um, there was no, well, not the same level of safety uh, or concept of protection of the goalkeeper that we have in the modern game. You know, I, I remember when I was when I was a kid. It sounds ancient. It sounds like Charles Dickens's time on as well. I'm talking now, but whenever you read about you know n- novels or stories of goalkeepers, generally they're always big blokes, um, often um, big around the waist than you know you might expect in in the modern game. But they were there as, as to be physically imposing, weren't they? So you couldn't charge them so easily, I guess, off off the ball Bassy and into the net. Fatty folks, I think, being the yeah example. Famous, famous name, um, Fatty Fuchs, who I think played for Manchester United. If, if, um, if Sheffield, 
Sheffield United, apologies. Um, John Tiny Joyce was in the in the same mould. Um, goalkeeper for the Lions in 1900 to 1902, two spells, 1900 to 1902, and then again 1903 to 1910. Um, and he returned during the course of the First World War, um, came back for whilst you know, the, the London combination, guest games and so on were being played. And actually turned out for Mill aged 40, so not quite as old as um, as, as, as others in, in, in the Lions history, but certainly um, quite advanced years. And he also went on to become an assistant trainer and, and groundsman. And he actually helped prepare the North Greenwich ground mill. In, in, when we were evicted from the athletic ground, he actually went down to the new ground at North Greenwich, North Mill Park in modern parlance, and actually help get it prepared. You can't imagine um, Jordan yeah, Archer draining the field, can you? <laughs> yeah, no, you can't imagine Gareth Bale going down, <laughs> being a player for Real Madrid, and yeah, but I know they're rebuilding. Yeah, but they're doing some building work. You can't imagine them all pitching in, can you? <laughs> help them get no, the you new can't. I mean, the, the North Greenwich ground, I mean, we're going off at a slight tangent here, but North Greenwich ground was boggy ground, marshy ground. Um, we'd been evicted from the athletic ground, which is quite a large stadium, which is where Asda is now on, on the island. And we had to move to Millwall Park, as we would now call it. But that, the, the, the land had to be drained. They had to put up embankments. They had to put up a, a grandstand of sorts. So, you know, this was, this was hard building work. This was not, um, you know, this wasn't like a, a show photo opportunity. This was actually getting stuck in and working hard. And Tiny Joyce, with other players and, and, and the groundsman, Elijah Moore, Helped to basically keep the club alive at this point um, because we were close to extinction. Yeah. Um, a huge personality. I mean, I'm just looking at his photograph here. He stares back at you like others, I think. These are all substantial men of this of this era, Neil, weren't they? They were hard men, and you can see it in their faces. Yeah, that's right. He was the first player to actually sign for Millwall on three separate occasions. Yeah. Um, London League in 1904, London Challenge Cup 1909, Western League in 1908 and 1909. But maybe what isn't quite so well known, he actually scored a Football League goal for Tottenham. Did he? I didn't know that. Yeah, as well as nine penalties in friendlies and reserve matches. So he was probably quite some player. 385 appearances for Millwall in all competitions across the... The, the spells that he had of the club between 1900 and 1910. Um, I'm going to put a link out with, with Tiny's photograph. Um, there's a link to a very a strange article in some ways from his grandson, a guy called Mark Bostrich, who wrote an article for the, um, the Guardian. It was about the mid-2000s about how he doesn't love football. He doesn't like football. And he's Tiny Joyce's grandson. I think both Tiny and then this chap's father were... Um, Millwall through and through, you know, um, they, they forced the kid to go to Millwall and he didn't like football. So he's written a strange article about um, not liking football, but it is by Tiny Joyce's grandson, so it has a certain strange interest. But I think he describes the, um, how can we put it, the forceful personality, Neil, I suppose. These, you know, you, to be a goalkeeper in this era, you had to be um, a man that stood your ground, didn't you? Mad, I think, probably. <laughs> <laughs> you, were yeah, you were considering that you were, yeah, you dive out at people's feet and the balls were hard and heavy and boots and they probably weren't and 
yeah, with goalkeepers certainly wouldn't have been afforded the protection they are now. No, where you blow on them and there's a free kick given. I think, yeah, I think they were pretty much fair game. There's a great article. I, I didn't note down the the um, periodical it comes from. It's it's a, a kind of a 1900s. I think it might be the Athletic News, but I can't get, can't be for certain. Um, but it's a it's a kind of a, a, a description, a, a little um, kind of biography of John William Joyce, known as Tiny, on account of his um, of his size. And I suppose it's also interesting, Neil, that um, you know what, what we call what was known then as a, being a big man as somebody who weighed close to sixteen stone, which kind of puts me on the back foot slightly because <laughs> I'm not far short of that myself. <laughs> Put me on the back foot. That's <laughs> But I suppose that's the the thing. I mean, you know, because of the poor diet and the the uh, the, the, the lifestyle and the and the hard living conditions in all the big cities and towns across the country, um, men were smaller, physically smaller back then. So a man of Tiny Joyce's um, stature stood out. He was a big man, and he weighed in at sixteen stone, which is um, you know it's, it's just interesting in modern modern uh, modern terms. But he's described here um, as vigorous, over six foot and 16 stone, um, free and easy, almost happy, um, but strong as a horse, um, vigorous, a giant, which gives you a picture of the man, I think, and his personality. Also, another great, um, great, uh, this is from the Illustrated Police News listeners in um, 1918, January the 31st, which I think gives you another interesting insight into tiny Tiny Joyce. So this will be um, Tiny, aged 42, playing for Millwall versus uh, at Clapton Orient for Millwall in the London combination, October the 5th, 1918. So the war is still on, just finish um, within the month. But um, the Illustrated Police News described the game as having unpleasant incidents. Um, and they, they say the war has revealed some unpleasant things about football matters and matches the, the the number not the least being the number of fouls which crept in, have crept into the game, the uh, game between Rangers and uh, QPR and Mill recently was marred by one of these unpleasant happenings. Dale and Joyce were the chief actors, and without going into details, it may be said that an encore is not desirable. So it sounds like the punch up. <laughs> punch up. <laughs> Rangers won the game one nil. Um, and the tackling was rough, the Illustrated Police uh, News said. The shooting was poor and the tackling was rough. Altogether, a pretty poor exhibition of the game. Yeah, it sounds like a normal afternoon <laughs> then, really, doesn't it? <laughs> so it was a poor game. Uh, the tackling was over the top and then there was a punch-up between the goalkeeper and one of the, one of the, uh, the QPR players. It's a, it's a Millwall game, isn't it? That's a Millwall afternoon out, really. <laughs> yeah, but that's the Millwall we know. It is. There is nothing new at the Den, dear listeners. Um, and Tiny Joyce, I think he would have been beloved at the Den to this day. I think he would have been playing in the modern game at Millwall. They'd have loved him to death because clearly he's a man that um, swung, swung, the, uh, the, the, swung the, 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 the punch and then worried about any consequences as well. I thought. Great, great player. Um, huge contributor to Millwall history. As we've said already, 385 appearances. Um, and he also went on to become um, a trainer and a groundsman at Denil after his playing career was over. Yeah, I think it was until just before the outbreak of World War Two. Yeah, um, I, I believe after that. 
I think he, I mean, what comes across reading the, the grandson's article is it's, it's clearly he's not a football lover and or a sports lover, I think I'll be fair to say, because um, he didn't, um, he seemed to struggle with the, the, the worldview of, of his grandfather and father, which was um, a, you know, loyalty to Millwall and, and, and nothing else. It's an interesting read. I'll, I'll stick that on the link. Um, it's clearly Tiny Joyce um, looking back at me at the moment as I'm speaking with his eyes. He's a man that brooked no dissent and um, that comes over <laughs> quite interestingly in the article. Um, 385 appearances, born in 1877 and died in 1956. John Tiny Joyce. Rest in peace, I think, because he's a major name and um, definitely should be remembered. Remembered, yeah, absolutely. You're listening to Achtung Millwall. We're going to move along, Neil. Uh, and I, I'm fascinated by this man's name, General Stevenson. Um, Believe it or not, a brother called Admiral and another one called Shepherd. Admiral, Shepherd and General. It's uh, interesting choices of names. Um, yeah, but the others were called William, John and Alfred. I think by the time they got to General <laughs> and Shepherd that they'd actually run out of proper names. Field Marshal, they didn't have squadron leaders back then because the, the, the uh, aviation hadn't been invented. Um, born in 1875, he passed away in 1961. General Stevenson played as a right back. Um, Northern boy, born born in um, in Liverpool, I believe. Started his career for Liverpool, let's put it that way. Um, I think he was from up north. I think um, you're from the Paddyham Burnley area. Burnley. It's all up north, isn't it? It's, 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 all, it's part of that mass called the north. So from Burnley, um, started his career with Liverpool, 1898 to 1900. Then Barnsley moved over the, uh, across the, uh, the Yorkshire-Lancashire uh, divide, 1900 to 1902. Then came southwards for Wellingborough before joining the Lions in um, 1903. Another one, Neil, described as stockily built, <laughs> sturdy tackling. And a reputation for fearlessness. That sounds like a nutcase to me, doesn't it, you? <laughs> yeah, but it sounds as if we need him now. Stocky, oh, sturdy tackling and a reputation for fearlessness. That's a Millwall player in a, in a sentence. That, um, that really does encapsulate everything that I think Millwall stands for. Reputation for fearlessness. Fearlessness. And we've already touched on Tiny Joyce and others in this series. You would have heard these attributes already in the other shows if you've, if you've listened to them um, and it won't come as news to anyone listening but the, these are Millwall traits you've got to be stocky you've got to be sturdy and you must show no fear in the tackle um, all the way there's a direct line from General Stevenson all the way through to Terry Herlock and on to in the modern era into to our own Ben Thompson right now I feel it's, it, these are the attributes that, that are yeah, it's the Millwall DNA isn't it it is in the mill DNA, and it runs back a long way. You are wherever you are now. You are linked with the past by these by these things. Um, General Stevenson played the North versus South trials match for England. Yeah, but he's no mean player. No, that's also another thing, isn't it? Uh, I mean, I, I think that goes hand in hand. Many many players over our history, where you can say, laugh at the stocky built, sturdy tackling and fearlessness and all the rest of it. But you've also got to be able to play a little bit. It's not good enough just to be. Um, you know, you've got to bring some skill to the occasion. I think General did, didn't he? Yeah, it, yeah but everything that I've read, he, he was pretty unlucky not to win an England cap. He, was, he had a guy called Herbert Burgess from Manchester City playing in the same position as him. 
And maybe if Millwall were a first division team, he might have got that cap. But but we're obviously in the Southern League. Yeah. Then, so to even have had a trial, being a Southern League player, just shows what kind of player he actually was. And the standard of the club. I mean, we've said already in previous yeah. shows, um, Millwall and Major, Millwall Athletic were a major name in the game in the Southern League, and you know the players we're talking about are. Our England medal players, really, are, you know, certain contenders for, for, for caps. Um, guided Mill to three titles, the London League in 1904 and the Western League, which we've mentioned on previous shows, in 1908 and 1909, and also a charity shield, some professional charity shield cup in 1904. He attracted 10,000 to his benefit match against Northampton, which is quite a turnout for um, what was a testimonial game, basically. Yeah. Uh, before retiring to become a pub landlord, um, the traditional um, you know, retirement choice for the footballers, wasn't it, going to take on a pub? Yeah, and it, actually, well, something I discovered actually when we were looking at this was he might have actually left Millwall in about 1905 for Notts County. Right. But because Millwall offered the maximum wage okay, the time they were able to retain him and the FA refused to sanction the move and his registration was cancelled with Notts County. So it's probably actually one of the only times that Millwall have ever got a favour of the FA. So it did happen. It happened in August 1905. Done that very often. It's 120 years ago. His son was a professional rugby league player for Wigan and also a footballer. So rugby league and football, you don't get... That nowadays, do you? Know, the twin codes in that sense. So we've spoken about cricket. I'm rugby footballer for Wigan and then a footballer for Sheffield and, and for Middlesbrough. That was Arthur Stevenson. Yeah. And um, you became a steamroller driver for the local council in Burnley. Was he? There's a, there's yeah. a, there's, there's a story, a steamroller driver. You don't see, don't see steamrollers around anymore so much, do you? This is a, no. This was a thing yep. Oh, Fascinating details of people's lives. There's a photo here of uh, General Stevenson, which I'll stick online. Mustachioed, he looks like a hard man, actually. As, as again, they all have done, actually, listeners. As I've looked at all of these players, you see, um, you know, an uncompromising quality in each of their faces in their different ways. But he looks like a tough man, um, and also a nice. Um, kind of a cartoon depicting General Stevenson packing his bags. This is when he. Um, when he left Millwall, played his last game for the Lions, and there's there's a kind of a cartoon um, depiction of him walking away with a, 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 a Gladstone bag with Stevenson written on it, and his coat, um, but dressed in Millwall kit as, as um, walking down the road and off into the distance. Farewell, says the uh, the cartoon. That was in a, a paper called the Free Press in uh, 1910 when he when he took his leave of the Lions at last on a docker, as they may have been known as still at that point. Um, General Stevenson, so a great character, a great player for the Lions, a better player possibly than he would have been given credit for at the time. Uh, as always, the normal factor plays its part. He actually made his debut in a 4-2 win over West Ham. That's always good, isn't it? Always a good, uh, good way yeah, to but start. Yeah, good day, wouldn't it? Absolutely. We wouldn't mind one of them this year and next season. With a few of these players we could do with nowadays, maybe perhaps with a little bit less stockiness to their to their, uh, their friends <laughs> in the modern game. General Stevenson, um, 1875-1961, played 318 times to the line, nine goals from 1903 to 1910 when he left the club to move on to pastures new. 
big thank you to Neil Fisler for joining us on this show. If you're enjoying these shows, we'll be moving on very, very shortly to show number six. If you're going to come back another day, we look forward to speaking to you then. If you're going to binging on it, then we'll talk to you again very, very shortly. Thank you for tuning in, listeners. Thank you for listening to Atlan Millwall. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. Forever Dirtching Millwall. Till next time. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.